Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell, a podcast about storytelling. So when I was young, I uh, took piano lessons, and uh, I didn't really like it at the time. What I really wanted to do was play guitar. So when I became an adult, there's actually, that's the fucking guitar up there. I tried bought one, and I tried to teach myself how to play, but then it attacked me. And, but I still, I just wanted music in my life, not to perform for anybody, not to, you know, any of that kind of thing. I just... Um, I figured I could still play the piano. I still, you know, knew how to read music. And so I decided I found a keyboard uh, online. So I went out to meet um, the seller out in the suburbs early one Sunday morning. I'm trying to look up at you guys. Doing okay? All right. Uh, But I went to go meet him one Sunday morning. It was really early. It was out in the suburbs. And uh, he took the keyboard out of the trunk of his BMW, and he wanted me to test it for some reason. So I popped in some batteries, he started banging on the keys, and uh, the keys were doing what they're supposed to be doing. And um, then he sort of leaned in and he said, so did you, did, uh, you know, this was for my kids, I bought this for my kids, but they lost interest. Is this for your kids? And I kind of just panicked a little bit. And I said, yeah, yeah, it's for my son. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he said, oh, I, and I, for some reason I said, it's for my son and it's for his birthday. And uh, so then he said, well, um, that's great. How old is your son? And I said, 12. <laughs> And uh, I said, well, I just want to get him a keyboard before I get him a piano because he'll lose interest, you know, kids these days, right? And and then he said, well, what's your son's name? And I said, James, because uh, I thought that was a strong sounding name. And uh, so then he, he, he sort of leaned into me and he said, so did the wife make you come all the way out here so early on a Sunday morning? So I said, my ex wife. (laughs) <laughs> because I thought, I thought my wife I thought that was kind of presumptuous to assume that I was married I mean maybe I'm not married maybe we're common law maybe I never wanted to be married in the first place and this is kind of a contentious subject of conversation for me uh, maybe I'm married to a man because it is 2016 yeah and uh, so I, but you know, also it's because I don't have a son named James, <laughs> and I have no kids, and I'm not married, and, and I want to touche. And basically, I'm in no relationship at all. Obviously, through the course of the whole evening, you've you've realized that. But when he said. When he said, uh, is this for your kids? I had like two choices. I could have explained to him, yes. Uh, well, you see, I played the piano when I was a kid. And uh, I really wanted to play guitar. And I bought a guitar, but then my guitar attacked me. And, but I really wanted music in my life. And I could still read music. And I could still play the piano. So maybe, why don't, you know, the keyboard, yes, is for me. <laughs> or I could have just 
did what I did and just lie to him <laughs> and agree and hopefully that will like bring the conversation to an end. But this guy was a real fucking chatty Cathy. <laughs> this happens to me all the time. I don't know if it's my age, I don't know what it is, but people assume that I should just be married and have kids. And I don't know, I think that the world basically is made up. It's really made for conscious coupling. I can't, you know, I do, but some people have a perception that you can't go to a restaurant by yourself and eat. I've had married people say, well, how do you, how do you eat? Like, do you just eat alone at home? <laughs> I, going to the movies or to the theater is out of the question because you're always responsible for like making the seating arrangements uneven. <laughs> and couples always ask you to move so they can sit together. So, just a few weeks ago, I was in Austin, Texas, and I was staying at a bed and breakfast. It was just me for the first three mornings and Nick, who is the, not Nick, another Nick, uh, he was the owner of the business. We had great, a great time talking about the local music scene and the film scene and everything. And then on my last day there, this couple around my age, they come into the breakfast area and, they, and Nick offers the woman a big hearty happy birthday. And they literally stopped in their tracks when they saw me. And they awkwardly sat down at the table. And then we all sat there in silence, eating. And I can read minds. So I know that they were thinking, what's with this weird guy sitting here alone ruining our special birthday celebration? Because bed and breakfast aren't for single people either. So I took the keyboard, and I put it in the trunk of my car, and I got out of that lonely McDonald's parking lot. And I, on my way, I yelled out the window, it's for James, it's for his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but, then a few, but then a few weeks later, uh, I was at a dollar store, I was buying all these ridiculous items for a friend's birthday, as you do, and the, the woman at the at the cash sort of looked at all the items and then she looked at me and she kind of raised her eyebrows in judgment. And I just said, it's for my son, James. <laughs> it's his birthday. And I thought maybe there is room for a son in my life because they can all judge him. And so whenever I play my keyboard, I think of James because he's like the son I never had. <laughs> and, and you know what? Today is his birthday. So if you all will, to end the show, can you all please join me, because I'm not singing alone, to sing happy birthday to my son James. Ready? One, two, three. Woo! <laughs>
totally normal, not in front of microphones beforehand, and then suddenly we just like walked into the show starting. Yes, and uh, but that was that was usually you and uh, Brienne did a lot of that. That is true. And did. there was usually about ten minutes of it, <laughs> which you just cut out uh, every time. Which I um, no, well, I again, you know, getting a little punchy. I was just like, "Fuck these guys! I'm just leaving all of this in." That's amazing. I don't care what it, you know. There was some solid gold in that. There's also a lot of complete well, uselessness, uh, but there was <laughs> definitely some gold. All right. Well, you keep thinking that. I shall. Welcome to the Stories I Don't Tell, everyone. What's your name? My name is Stefan. Uh, and my name is Paul. And yes, we just heard a story from you, Paul, actually. Oh, we just did, yes. Yeah. Uh, it was from our August event, I believe. Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, in the end, it was not exactly true. No, and I, uh, well, first I want to say it was actually at my place. Yeah. Uh, and we, it was the first time I have a little... Um, my place has two floors, and it was the first time we had a balcony. That's true, the, the peanut gallery. Yes. Um, so we, that was, uh, that was really fun. Um, now, I don't know uh, if you could tell. I guess at the end you could maybe tell. But, um, yeah, I was sitting on a keyboard, and oh, that right, obviously yeah. plays into the story. And um, it's a little thing I use because I write a blog. I've been writing a blog for too many years. And uh, it's a it's a little device I like to use where, you know, you kind of have something in your life that is that actually happened, and maybe it wasn't even that interesting, but it it kind of, um, you know, is a catalyst for some kind of other idea that or something you want to talk about. So um, there was, so the basic idea obviously was that uh, originally which I've done this kind of thing before is I was going to be kind of accompanying myself on the piano or on the keyboard. And, um, then we are going to go and sing happy birthday at the end. Yes. I do know actually how to play the keyboard, <laughs> uh, which you can't really tell from this story, <laughs> but when I would practice on my own, uh, it's really difficult to tell a story and just like be sort of playing, along on the keyboard mm. so that's where i just you know when your back is up against the wall and you don't want to embarrass yourself i just decided i'll just so basically what i was doing was act, pretending like i was going to play the, the keyboard and then just stopped and turned and kept talking to the, to the audience people. to the yeah. people um but basically this is a weird one because this is like a story within a story because basically i made up the story mm for the person to the person I was talking to. Right. But then, and then, you know, just kind of wanted to bring in these different things of, um, you know, talking about stuff in this case, uh, being a single person <laughs> and, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, like James as, 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 a, as a fantastic as your fake son is, mm-hmm. um, I, I guess, I guess it, 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 what's interesting with so the idea we had for this episode uh, was to talk about sort of personal fiction writing because right. uh, we're going to end this episode actually with a story that I told on and we'll get to there in a second um, but I think it's interesting here to talk about the the ways you can use like you used this sort of fictional character or fictional idea sort of but to get at a, a truth that still is true in your life and you still mm-hmm. you're used you know despite the fact that you don't have a son 
uh, that became clear in the story. Um, but also you used it as to tell a deeper truth, I guess, to some extent. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you think about this because um, I've had people get uh, slightly mad at me when if I so I start when they say, well, was that true? Like something I wrote on my blog or something mm -hmm. like that. And if it's it, I stopped just answering the question, I was just like, well, it's whatever you think. Right. You know, but because uh, people just get mad. They feel like, well, uh, you know, well, that you're I'm not claiming anything is true. Right. But people, there is like a weird thing of like people uh, feel, um, I don't know, deceived or something like that in when something, when they think something is true or it's written as though it's true mm -hmm. and then it it's not. But I'm of the mind of, well, I could say that this, that this thing didn't happen, but there is a truth in it. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, like you're getting at, you're getting uh, through a story you can get at a truth that is that is uh important to you and i don't know i mean i guess we're getting into the definition of what it means what you know what is someone's real truth <laughs> is it something that you believe in is it something that this just happened to you straight up right i don't know i'm more on the side of like if it's emotionally true then that's all i need right yeah and i think that's a i feel like that that harkens back i think maybe to more uh, more traditional uh, sort of idea of oral histories, right? right? Uh, and in more traditional sort of storytelling, of you know, like you know, the the all the, the when before there was writing, all the all the different types of oral histories that existed around the world, where clearly the stories you know were became fantastical, but they were but they were still telling real things to some extent, you know. And and, and there's a tons of actual interesting pieces of of how indigenous storytelling, while seemingly was was really was 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 you know you know fictionalized. Um, was telling end up being actually telling a bunch of truths you didn't even fully understand. Like you know, like it was it was a it was one of those creation myths that would also include our creation stories that would also include uh, information that actually would be needed. You know, like like about say hundred, but like even what's interesting about it is that they've done some studies and figured some things out where it's things like it's maybe only happens once every 75 years or a hundred years, but because it was part of their storytelling and oral tradition, when it did happen again, they were ready for it in mm -hmm. a way that, in a way that you wouldn't, you couldn't be mm -hmm. without, without that sort of ways of making sure that the, tr the pieces that were true mm -hmm. or needed to be true could be passed on in generations. Um, th even if, you know, like, like even if you, if the particular characters or things that are happening seem fantastical or outside of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I uh, just one more thing about this is that what I really liked, and I didn't know if this was going to work, but I just I think it's uh, it's a pretty there's it's a pretty interesting idea that because um, I wanted to get everybody to sing Happy Birthday <laughs> to my imaginary son, and what's great is that everybody did it, yeah. so that you're and and I I. Um, you know, you hope as a storyteller that you can, that that's all, that's always a goal of mine is to bring people so far into the story that there's not anyone that's like, no, not doing it. Right. Yeah. That's uh, your, that's not, that kid's not real. I'm not going to sing to this kid. You sing happy birthday. Yeah. Like it's, it's, there's an element of people of suspension of, you know, belief that people want to, they're in mm -hmm. and and it's a bit of a you know you got to navigate them into this sort of world but if you can get them there it's 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 just a fun kind of place to uh play around in 
Oh yeah, well you get to people sort of yeah. Once you get them, once you get people that much with that much buy into your story, you can, you actually can start. You've 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 succeeded mm-hmm. in many ways. So in in this relates to what we're talking about is your story, which we're going to hear in in a in a minute. Is that, um, is that this is technically a fictional story? Oh yeah, but there is a lot of truth in it. Yeah, well, I think it was, it was funny. To some extent, this story was... It came out of a conversation I'd had with uh, with Colin Munch, who's been on, on this podcast last year, uh, where he, when he was describing how he would write his stories um, for, for Tales from the Black, which is a sci-fi and, and, and different uh, sci-fi fantasy and horror show, uh, but still told in a personal style, uh, was that he would take one th- truth, he'd take one truth, and then, and then, and then build a story around that. Um, and, and then, and then, and then go from there. Um, and so like, you know, and so what I did here was I literally just basically took the, the true fear that I have, uh, the very legitimate and true fear that I have of where, you know, I and this world are heading. Um, and, and then just wrote about it, like wrote about the piece, you know, and then, and, and it's, uh, the character is, you know, not exactly me, but but obviously loosely based off at least many things about my life. It's grounded in a reality. It's grounded in reality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like you know, I, I the every piece of it is 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 different, but it's but it's still it's it really came. I wrote when I wrote it, it, it was it felt like I was writing something that I was a part of. You know, I wrote it and I was like, this is I was that you know that fifty year old man uh, or sixty year old man or however old he has to be in this for the story to make sense. Um, but it was, yeah, it, it, it really just, it, it allowed me to speak a truth that I couldn't really find a way to tell a story. Like I, it's, it's, it would be very difficult for me to tell a story, a true story that told that part of the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I don't know how it'd be very difficult to make it, you know, not judgmental or not, uh, or, or captivating in any way, really <laughs> like talking about one's anxiety is just straight anxiety with nothing else happening is not necessarily that interesting. Um, and so I was trying to find a way to, to really get that piece across and it, it in this in this this allowed me to do that mm-hmm. in a real way yeah so uh i have one final one question for you if you could uh talk to yourself in 30 years from now what would you say to him uh like what uh, let's say you could talk to this person that's in the story right now ah what would i say to that what, person what, yeah what would you say to them dude this guy's so fucked like he, he's fucked or we're fucked oh uh, well both <laughs> um but but if i'm talking to the story like i don't think this guy the, the, the guy in the story is not going to or from a good place he is uh you know i think the 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 future of parts of this thing that i'm writing uh will be like will, will, someone else is gonna have to bring the levity to this thing i don't think it, i think i could convince this man of anything uh, and i think that's part of his problem but Well, why don't we uh, hear what he has to say? Yeah, there you go. Thank you. You know, they... They say you hold your tension in your chest. But I've always felt it in my hands. You know, they kind of tingle, shake, hurt. It makes it almost impossible to hold a cigarette. God, I can't believe I smoke. 
uh, I never thought that I would. I, I told everybody that I wouldn't because, you know, they used to say that it was bad for you. Now, nobody cares. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to Monarch News Radio, the only station you need. Uh, this, of course, is 10 The Ent News Network. I'm your host, Scott Bruges, and Kel K remains on hiatus. Now, before I get into our top story, uh, I need to address some rumors uh, that this will be my last show. The rumors are true. Uh, now, I won't, I won't comment as to all the things I've written online about why this might be the case, but uh, um, I will say that I wanted to die behind this microphone. It was the last thing uh, that I had, and they've taken it from me. But the show must go on. So, our top news story is that there is rain on the horizon. <laughs> now, about the forecasters predict approximately two to three inches, so make sure you get your barrels on top of your hoods and clamp them down. Or don't. I mean... What do I care? I've been saying I told you so for the last 30 years and it hasn't done a single thing for the thirst. But uh, because of this rain and to maximize moisture, uh, I have been informed that they plan to divert uh, the migration approximately 9 degrees westward. This will delay our arrival to the Austin Cache by approximately 18 hours. So prepare your rations accordingly. Now, um, this, of course, is in line uh, with their previous and consistent goals to prioritize the needs of the elites uh, because, you know, you know, you and I probably don't actually have 18 hours of rations left, but, you know, rain and water rations must be preserved regardless of who goes hungry. Uh, a follow-up on our last week's top story. Uh, we have regained contact with Lethbridge. Uh, they appeared to have some sort of mechanical failure, uh, but will we join the migration approximately middle of next week? Now, uh, let's take a quick musical break uh, before we jump back into the mailbag section of the show, so get those tweets in now. 30 fucking years, Ken. 30 fucking years. You, know, you make one too many jokes about dying from dysentery, and they take your entire career. 30 years of community radio experience. Down the drain. Yeah, just spring back. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening each and every week. 
This, of course, is the mailbag section of the show uh, where you tweet and I bring the heat. So, first up, let me, uh, let me find your first questions here. Should have opened Twitter before I began this conversation, but still. Uh, Naresh from Oakland asks, without your show, what are you going to do now? Huh. Fuck, Naresh, seriously? Really cut to the quick. I don't know. Probably start drinking earlier in the day. I mean, who asks that? Next question. Uh, Sam uh, from Lower Baltimore asks, will 10 have a new host? Come on, I'm not even out the door. No, Sam, 10 will not have a new host host you know when I started this show I've been I was here 30 years ago warning about the dangers of emissions and then the dangers of engineering but would anyone listen to me no we, we knew what the sulfur would do we knew what the sulfur would do but they didn't listen. I mean, we knew what it affect rainfall. Sorry. When I started this show, we were still CJRM 93.7, and you could fall asleep and wake up to the same goddamn horizon. So what I guess I am trying to say, Sam, is no. Ten will not have a new host. Now, they may, they may try to convince you otherwise, uh, but I am this show. Next question. All right, we got uh, Sumal from Vancouver. All right, uh, dear Scott, I've been a fan of yours for the past five years. I've even gone back to li and listened to your archives. Since this is your, oh, sorry, it got cut off. Uh, no, of course, uh, I appreciate praise as much as possible. Remember, you only have 140 characters. It's still Twitter, so uh, let me try to find the rest of this. Uh, okay, there it is. Uh, so small from Vancouver again. Uh, since this is your last show, uh, I was hoping you could answer uh, uh, something that's always confused me. What happened to Kel? Uh, thanks. Thanks, Small. Um, so, for those who aren't long-term listeners to the show, uh, Kelly Kay uh, was a friend of the show, uh, relatively uh, consistent host for a while, who yeah. I still can't believe that I smoke. It, to be honest, it kind of feels like my, my body uh, doesn't either because my hands they tingle. They made a mistake. Okay, um, Kel was no longer, uh, no longer acceptable or no longer, could no longer handle just being a storyteller. Uh, they were no longer comfortable just being the narrator. They had to be the hero of, of the story. And, you know, 
I can't blame him. Uh, gets lonely here behind the mic, shouting into the void. And so they left. And that's it. Ken, do we have any? Do we have any Advil? My my hands. They were taken from us, from me. <laughs> Last time I, I saw them, uh, it was on the, the day of the March of the Land. It was the last major protest before the migrations began in earnest. And they basically kicked down my apartment door, burst in uh, with their bullhorn in one hand uh, and wearing their smash the patriarchy tank top. And they, they wanted to know if I would, I would go with them. But you know, I, don't, I don't like crowds. Um, and you know, the live stream was actually pretty great. Uh, so I, I told them I would support at home. And in the live stream, you could see them. You could see them directly in the middle of these protests with their bullhorn in the air uh, leading these chants. You know, we're going to rise like the water. We're going to calm this crisis down. Uh, I hear the voice of my great-granddaughter saying, down with monarchs now. Uh, but of course, you know, better, because there's more of them. And they just looked so happy. And so when the migrations began in earnest, uh, they stayed. I tried to convince them not to, but they stayed. Um, and they, they stayed in the legislature uh, of Toronto, and, and they began to irrigate Queen's Park. They actually had this, this whole setup. They were, they were growing tomatoes, and I would receive these emails back and forth uh, about how well they were doing. But by the time the migrations returned for the next rainy season, The emails had stopped, and so I went looking for them. I went, I went to the legislature, and it was, and it was closed, uh, and it was, it was gutted. No one was there. I went to the Queen's Park, and, and the trees had been torn down. There's garbage everywhere, and there's no signs of anybody. Uh, and so I, I texted them, I, I messaged them, I, I tweeted at them even, uh, to no response. And I had, I'd almost given up hope. Almost. Uh, until I received an email. Congratulate Kelly Kay on her new position. LinkedIn? It took fucking LinkedIn to let me know you were alive? I know, I'm sorry about the swearing. They, they work for them now. Uh, somewhere in the Federal Land Liaison's office or something. They, they cut their hair. Next question. What? Time? Already? No. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Well, um, then I guess from, from all of us uh, here at 10, old and, and new. Thank you, and goodbye.
stories we don't tell. You can subscribe on iTunes, uh, where you can leave a comment. You also can like Facebook or our Facebook page, depending on how you're feeling. You can visit storiesodonttell.org for more information.